Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Larry Holder here with the Section 1 Podcast. I just want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, we got a really nice feedback from those who would have checked in with the first episode of the podcast that would have went to the various platforms last week. We're really happy to see so many people following with the program, leaving ratings and reviews, and of course, subscribing. And, you know, we want that to continue. So what we'll be doing is on the weekends that we don't record an original episode of the podcast, we will actually be revisiting uh, previous segments of the TV and radio show that airs on Radio and TV Jaggerty. We're going to repackage certain segments that we believe are still relevant and share them with you, our podcast audience, because we understand that some of the people tuning in on the podcast may not be the regular viewers of the program. And as such, we think this way, we can ensure that we properly disseminate the relevant and critical information towards the furtherance of your understanding and our, you know, continued discussion on our sovereign democratic state. So today in our episode, what we're going to be looking at is the procurement legislation that would have passed through the parliament a short while ago, a few a couple of months ago. We're just going to revisit that discussion. We had a really nice discussion with... Uh, um, the discussion would have been with uh, Mr. Afra Raymond, who has spoken a lot about uh, the issues that he had with the procurement legislation in its form that in the form that it was presented to the parliament. So you know, just sit back, enjoy this this segment, and feel free to subscribe, share, and of course, you know, um, leave a comment or a review on the episode. Thank you and enjoy. Welcome back um, to section one. Let's go straight into the deposition of Mr. Afro Raymond. Um, do we have Mr. Raymond online? Could you show me here? Can you hear me and see me? I could hear and see you. Hi, good day. How are you? I'm very good. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Of Thank course. you very much. So we're down to some serious business. Um, yes. Mr. Raymond, you on record, I think, are saying that you think that we've made a mockery, I believe is yes. the word, of the Procurement yeah. um, Act by these um, amendments. Tell us, I yeah. mean, what, why, do you see no utility in the act going forward? Well, the act has utility because half a loaf is better than none. Right. At the moment, we have a very minimal series of controls. Mm -hmm. In other words, enforceable and effective controls over public contracting. And what the act was designed to do, that is the public procurement and disposal of public property act, the 2015 act that we call the parent legislation. Yes. What that was designed to do was to give proper oversight of all transactions in public money. Right. As well as disposals of public property. And I would pause here for your information and the information of viewers to say that the phrase public property, it is not literally the property you and I are talking about. So I have a property to sell you in Chaguanas. Yeah, and you yeah. buy the property from me. It includes real property, real yeah. estate. Yes. But it includes a great many other things that are the property belonging to the state of Trinidad and Tobago. Yes? yes? Yes. 
and therefore the phrase public property includes what is what in law they call real and personal property yes, there, there are two phrases they use to kind of span the span the division okay now uh, the changes that were brought about by these amendments the amendments were approved in parliament the amendments were approved on friday the fourth by the lower house which is the house of representatives and they were approved on tuesday the eighth by the upper house which is the senate and uh, they were approved by simple majority and those amendments really have three effects and i'd like to i'd like to tell tell you what are the three effects that i view as that as seriously detrimental yes. to what we intended to do the first effect is that government to government arrangements have been removed from the oversight of the office of procurement regulation which means that government to government arrangements will continue to take place outside of any independent supervision because that's what happens at the moment that was, that's what has been happening for a very long time and a great many of them are unsatisfactory but the biggest problem in government to government arrangements is it's a little bit like a magic trick where there's a black box on the stage of the magician and you know the black box has a trick in it yeah. but you don't know what's in it whether it's a rabbit whether it's a duck whether there's a lady in a little outfit yeah. with something in her hand we don't know what's in the black box so in fact we actually don't know what is the content of the government-to-government arrangements that the country has entered? We don't know, apart from occasional speeches that people would give and so on, the actual agreements are not published. The second thing is that public-private partnerships have also effectively been excluded from the public procurement, the oversight of the Office of Procurement Regulation. Mm -hmm. I, I think I remember the, the chap who was introducing me to this show telling me that one of you all was an, was an attorney. Which one are you? Both of, Both of us. Both of us are lawyers. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, if I was making a joke with him, I was saying to him, I'm very nervous around lawyers. And I don't like to be alone with two of them. But in fact, because it's virtual, I feel better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, there's a very interesting reading of uh, Section 7, the amendments to Section 7, that was given by the Law Association. Mm -hmm. um, it was issued very late, in my opinion, my honest opinion. The, the Law Association's opinion is extremely valuable in terms of analyzing what, is, what has been coming before the population. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, they said timing is everything. It was released, I think, the same morning as the Senate hearing. As so it came out hearing, after the lower house had already voted to approve these amendments. Mm -hmm. And it's a pity that those statements could not have been made into the public domain and the minds of the population the before, week before yeah. the lower house voted. But anyway, be that as it may, paragraph 17 of the law association statement is one in which the, the, the writer, the writers, delve into the meaning of section seven. Mm -hmm. And like myself, they amended section seven. Yeah. And like myself, seven subsection two. Right. And like myself, they come to the same conclusion that government, that the government to government arrangements and public-private partnerships have both effectively been excluded. Right. And, and, and to, put, to put the thing in context for the, for, the, for the viewers is that, in fact, those are the two largest vehicles for creating large-scale public projects in this country. Yeah, it has nothing to do with whether you voted for Mrs. Prasad Bessessa or Dr. Rowley or any of that stuff. The fact is that in terms of how business, the country's business is really conducted, that's a lion's share the of large um, scale business is in yeah. those two is in those two things. Yes? yes. Yeah. That that is without any question of any political party or anything. So right. And the third point I wanted to make. So the first point is government to government. The second point is public private partnerships. And the third point, a fresh clause, clause number five, a subsection number five was inserted in section seven. And subsection number five created a number of exemptions. Yeah. 
So for example, legal services were exempted. Accounting and auditing services were exempted. Financial services were exempted. I understand that has now been amended to, to read that it's financial services in support of the national budget. Yes, yes. Okay? And that amendment doesn't really give me any comfort. I'll come to that just now. <laughs> and of course, there was medical services. And that has also been amended now, I think, from what I read, to, 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 to limit it to yeah. emergency situations. Emergency situations. If it's an emergency, it's outside of the OPR. Yeah. And then, of course, there's a catch all that says that um, the minister, any, anything the minister could be. Can add, can add yeah. things in his determination going forward. By order. Now, again, he decides. Yeah. A, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. You see, mechanism is a kind of game. Yeah, yeah. So there are two mechanisms to approve these things in Parliament. One of them is the affirmative resolution that we would be more yeah. familiar with. Yeah. When a, when a proposal is tabled, it is debated. Yes. Everybody has a say and then it's voted on and so on. Fine. Mm. And then, of course, there's a, there's a thing called a negative resolution, which, which we know a lot less about. Yes. And a negative resolution is when regulations that have normally been agreed by some competent authority just laid in Parliament. Yeah, you have a certain amount of time to notice, challenge it. Yeah, you have 40 yeah. days to challenge yeah. it. Yeah. Now, when this proposal came forward, that was last week, Monday, mm -hmm. the written proposal to change the law, those changes in subsection 5, those, those exemptions and the, and the right of the minister to add something, fifth, a fifth item to the list, was in fact subject to approval by negative resolution, right. which of yeah. course I thought was a bad thing. I didn't make much of it. And as it happens, that was a little cookie or <laughs> sweetie that was in the act. Because, I mean, some of us are out here a little while now, so we have seen these sorts of, um, the games have levels, okay? Yeah. So yeah. you put a cookie in there, and if people are really fighting up, and the children give in trouble, you give them a sweet. Give them something, yeah. yeah. You give <laughs> the children a dinament. Yes. And they feel satisfied, quiet. yeah. Yeah, they keep them satisfied. Because let, let, let's step back from all of this, eh, colleagues? What we had happening in Parliament on the Friday in particular, the, the Tuesday was a, was a little less painful. Right. But on a Friday in particular, I have to say from both sides, I was pained. I was pained by the poor arguments put forward by the government in support right. of these proposed changes. Yeah. And I was also pained by the opposition. I felt, I felt that they, the way that they, they dissected it and the way that they tackled it was quite weak. Right. But I was more pained by the government. Um, and and I, want to, I want to just make my points this way. Mr. Imbert made much of the fact that some of the people had been commentating about the act and so on, and the proposed amendments were not knowledgeable people. We didn't know what we were talking about. We didn't call any names, but some of us know we're talking about. They yeah, we don't yeah, know what yeah. we're talking about. We never did any research. A whole lot of, a whole lot of stuff. And Mr. Imbert cited, in support of his submissions, yeah, a lot of findings from the European Union. Yes. Well, OECD, and well, he made the examples that in those states they have something called a public-to-public -public agreement. Yeah. And in fact. Within the European Union, it's possible to have a, an agreement between Germany, let us say, and France. Yeah, within the Union. Italy yeah, and France. Union. Within a Union. Fact, yes, that in fact, when it's, exactly, that in fact, when it's, when it, this agreement is taking place, public to public, it, it, is, it is excluded explicitly from the national procurement arrangements. Correct, yeah. Because that's now, Union law. Now, yeah, now, of course, but, but the point is this. We have, uh, I have a serious difficulty with that. Because what we are being asked to believe, you see, it's very important to deconstruct things in my view. What we are being asked to believe there is that, in fact, an approach that is appropriate for developed countries 
they're not identical, of course, mm -hmm. but they're at a similar level of development. For an, an approach that is, that is adequate and proper for countries that are at similar level of development could be adequate and proper for countries the size of Trinidad and Tobago yeah. dealing with a country 100 or 200 times our size. Oh, Mr. Raymond, mm -hmm. these, 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 that public-to-public -public agreements, yes. let's say for, the, for your example, France and Germany, but within the yes. union law, that yes. has been in development for some time now. Absolutely. Right? And then we have, we, now we have uh, an act that hasn't really been in place, that, that we have now, the Procurement Act, and it hasn't yes. been tested. But no, so the France and Germany example is a good one. But, but Mr. Raymond, let me as we're talking about arguments, right? Let me put to you what um oh. let me put to you what Mr. Imbert, um Honorable Mr. Imbert said in the Parliament, right? This is one of yes. the justifications, and maybe we could yes. deal with that, right? So let's oh, get down to that second. He said, What we are saying and what we on this side have been saying for years, and we have not diverted from our position, if it is beneficial to the citizens of Trinidad and Tobago and it is alleged it was for the construction and financing of the Coover Hospital. If that is considered beneficial to the citizens of Trinidad and Tobago, the government of Trinidad and Tobago, and this is the key part, the government of Trinidad and Tobago should have the flexibility to negotiate that contract with the government of China or any other sovereign government in the best interest of the people of Trinidad and Tobago. It is absurd to demand that an arrangement with a foreign government must be administered by a non-elected person. So his argument there, and, and in my view, um, that is the argument that a lot of dictators use, right? <laughs> Basically to say that um, we need flexibility, so let's throw process out the window. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to influence your view, but, sure, sure. but, but what do you think it's about that argument? Discussion. Well, you see, I, 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 I'll answer you. Yeah. Let, me, let me answer you by moving. So I dealt with the question of scale. Yes. Let me, let me answer you by uh, holding that point in my mind, and I'm going to shift focus now to what was Dr. Rowley's main submission. Right. Now, Dr. Rowley's a very experienced public servant. He's been a public servant his whole life, 71 years old. He's held top positions, and he's a very eloquent, learned guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fair enough. And Dr. Rowley's submission was in two parts. The first part... He spoke about the ferry in Australia with himself and Stuart Young. Stuart, right? yeah. So they were down in Australia for something. I forget whether there's a Commonwealth heads of government thing. But they were down in that, at that part of the world. They met the Australian PM. They went to see some boats. Um, what the Australians had was good. They signed an agreement. The boats are on their way. I think one boat might be here already or something. The boats are on their way. Mm -hmm. The thing is above board. It's proper. It's a good example of a government to government that really works in the country's interest. Yes? Yeah. So the first thing Dr. Rowley was saying is that we, i.e. PNM, can be trusted to manage government to government arrangements in the public interest. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just to summarize what he was saying in the first point. Yeah. The second Trust point me. was yeah. those people over there, which is the UNC, the opposition, those people over there can't be trusted. And a lot of examples were given about things that had gone wrong and allegations of this and that and so on. Fine. Yeah. And I asked the question, because you see, I don't have to know about votes. I don't know anything about votes. But I, I, I know about logic. And I know about what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. Let's sit back and look at what's been said to us. If on the one hand, your government, which is the PNM, is ready, willing, and able, and they regularly execute projects in a proper fashion, that are in the public interest, then you could have no difficulty whatsoever 
fitting into a modern independent system of oversight. Yes. If we go to the second point, if indeed the other side are rascals yeah. and not to be trusted, and they, they come out to thief public money, and you have to be careful with those people, then if that is also, indeed the case, then we should definitely the case, implement the law. Yeah. <laughs> Then you definitely, if you are, if you are a responsible, yeah, government as a leader, as a long-time public servant of this country's interests, and you have the opportunity to put in place a framework that will control the rascals, yeah. why didn't you do it? Why don't you do exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. What That's nonsense! We yeah. we it, so the statement was eloquent, but it was absolutely risible. It made no sense. Yeah. But 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 but, but the, and it goes back to the point, Mister. Mister. The same point yeah, you're making. Is you all that? Yeah. Yeah. But but Dr. Raymond, one of the things that it's just I, Mr. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Raymond. One of the Raul things doctor, one of the yeah. things that, that yeah. I think you would have to give them yes. some um, appreciation for is that sure. the procurement regulator is vested mm -hmm. with a lot of power. So when yes, you have yes. let's say challenge proceedings, um, mm -hmm. which is in the act, and yes. you have someone taking issue with a, a procurement process that took place. Yes. The procurement regulator could get in there and he could make certain orders, produce documents, he could, he could stop the process, he mm -hmm. could make any order that he sees fit, right? Yes. And that, that's in the act. Of course, that yes, would be subject is. to the constitution and rights and that sort of thing, but that's a different sure. argument. Um, if you have government to government arrangements being mm -hmm. subjected to that type of scrutiny, are we saying, are we saying A, that we want the procurement regulator to have that power and supervision yes. over government to government? Or are we saying that we would accept a watered-down version of it and say, well, in the least, the document should be made public for public scrutiny, and the procurement regulator could take a look at it and make findings if there is wrongdoing. But he ought not to have the power to stop these proceedings. Because one of the points that Mr. Imbert there is making is that, look, we are elected officials. Um, there has to be some level of autonomy given to us to enter into state-to-state -state relationships. So that, you know, how do we, I, I mean, you see that there is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say there's full merit in it, but there is an issue there. If we allow the procurement regulator to have oversight of state-to-state -state arrangements, government-to-government -government contracts, yes, yes, yes. are we still going to want him to have that type of power over the state, um, or is it that we would accept a watered-down version where he simply has oversight and publication requirements, let's see. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. Let me, let me right. answer you very straightforwardly to say, yes, I would want the proper oversight of yeah. the regulator over all transactions. Right. Just to answer you directly. Yes. Because, and particularly because in this particular area, mm -hmm. it, what is happening here is a frank difference of opinion between the point of view advanced by Mr. Emmert and yeah. the point of view we are advanced in those of us, because we wrote the law, Yes. we yeah. lobbied for it, yeah. And we will, I continue to lobby for it. Right. And there's a genuine difference of opinion here. And my opinion is founded on history. The history of our country with government, the government arrangements. If you go back, and it's, it's a long time back, you are, you are two young men. If you go back to the Ballard Report of 1982, yes. yeah. Yeah. These, are, these are substantive commission of inquiry commissioned by a PNM government, right. Lord Chambers. Yeah. And, he, and Ballard, actually, Lennox Ballard was his name. He actually dismantles the public-private, the um, government-to-government arrangements, I'm sorry, yet dismantles them and explains that they haven't been operated in the interest of the country. Yeah, yeah. And if anything, if there's one thing, one piece of learning we got out of Bala, which guided us to write that law the way it was written, it is that that species of contract 
because it is a power play, to go back to my original point yeah. about the size of parties, right. because it is a power play, it needs to be conducted in an atmosphere of clarity and stability on a rules-based but should there be process, but not the smoke filled room but you should, see my point but should so the, that that's that that is my re response for you on that point but yeah. should the procurement regulator be given let's describe it as coercive power over a government to government contract okay. relationship let me answer you let me answer you yeah because i i give you what my preference is let me let me deal let me deal with another layer down let's go one layer down right. because you know we know touching and concerning a constitutional issue yes you see i'm not a lawyer but to, to become a severe, you have to study law. Yes. And you have yes. to look deep into these things. Now, listen to me. Section 4 and 5 of the Constitution. If, yeah. you, if you're going to infringe on those rights, you have to have the Act of Parliament that majority, is proposed yeah. to the House by a special majority. Special majority. Right. And of course, the Parent Act was created in that manner. Right. What, is, what I understand, talking to some of my manners who, who are seasoned lawyers in this thing, what I understand is that the, the channel that was used to amend this law was a channel that goes like this, and you gentlemen will correct me if I'm wrong. There's yeah. a channel of there's, a, there's an understanding that goes like this. If you have a law that is passed by special majority because it, it did infringe upon some of the rights in four and five, if you yeah. have a law like that, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and it is going to be amended in a manner that reduces its scope, yeah, or reduces its powers, then that doesn't need a special majority, that can be done by a simple majority. That, yeah. that, that, that is what some, 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 some people yeah. I have respect I, for in law made me understand that. I would agree with the general proposition. It depends sure. on the clause and yeah. the framing of the yes. specific clause. So, I I that, now. so that general proposition, well. it appears to me that that is what they were sailing under. They yeah. were sailing under yeah. that flag. Yeah, yeah. Correct. But let's get, into, let's get into the question you're raising. Let's put this now for examination in that light. Yeah. Turning on that light now to see it in that, in that UV light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What that is doing, the arrangement that you and I have been discussing, yeah. is an arrangement where, in fact, there are now two species of contract in the country. There's a contract you and I could get if we set up a company to do roofing. Right. And HEC put out a contract for a roofing. They had a big storm and they had to replace 200 roofs. Yeah. You and I put a contract in to get to replace 200 roofs for HEC. And you and I would be subject to certain rules so and regulations. We would, we would be subject to scrutiny. Within your PR's rules and regulations. Right. right. And a foreign country entering a government to government arrangement with the HGC to build 300 homes, which is many times larger than our contract to fix a few roofs. Yeah, would not Their be. contract, because it is sailing under the flag of government to government, yeah. could in fact come under reduced or in fact excluded from the so OPR. It's a, it's I am a, saying, and I am saying that that appears to me. Equality of treatment. To breach the provisions of section four with yeah. relation to equality of treatment by a public authority. Yeah. And yeah. I am then raising the question now, yeah. You see how interesting it is. Yeah. Whether in fact that flag we were sailing under to amend the act because we were reducing the powers of the OPR is in fact a, 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 a sound basis on which to conclude this piece of amendment. Yeah. If in fact we have opened the vista yeah. of irregularity or treatment by public authorities. You see how interesting yeah. it is? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you would you would engage constitution once you engage constitutional rights. You're going to mm -hmm. have to look at whether it, you have the the sufficient majority, and get into proportionality so, and all those arguments. Yeah. But um, if we if we go into specific, let's play devil's advocate now, and we go mm -hmm, into sure. the specific government to government arrangements. Now, some yes. may argue that if you go fully transparent, 
in terms of these contracts and these these arrangements yes. between government and yes. government, we may very well be left with some countries not willing to do business with us because some countries may not prefer if all of the details of these informations are left for public scrutiny, right? Now, is it that so? So we may be left out if it is that some of these government to government. Um, are you willing? Are you willing are you to willing sacrifice? To are you willing to? It's really, are you willing to sacrifice um, transparency on the altar of international relations? relations yes. <laughs> and I mean, I suppose that's a political question. I, I, I suspect your answer would be no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Because at the end of the day, let me tell you something. Yeah. I'm living in Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. Apart from some years I lived overseas, I'm living here my whole life. I, I don't have any plan to go anywhere. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be here for the distance. I believe this is a very serious business of nation building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all of conscientious citizens in the country have to understand how serious this moment is. Yeah. The way you put that question just now was really beautifully cruel. Yeah. Because you put the question, <laughs> you put the question very eloquent, but you put in a hard thing to me to say to me, well, listen, listen, if we're going down your road, we mightn't get any opportunities right. to develop the country. Well, lawyers aren't known to ask easy questions. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And, and, and ultimately, what we're looking at is a situation where that could be I would have to say a kind of a false choice to be in given. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I don't think there's a situation where nobody is going to do contracts with you or nobody. And in fact, we need to ask the question when you look at public private partnerships and government to government, we need to ask some very detailed questions. Let me put something to you to you young men. You're a young men, obviously you've been thinking about this thing, you're professional men and you're conscientious. Mm -hmm. Let me put a point to you. There was a large contract last year with the Chinese contractor called CGGC. Yes. China Gizbu General Contractors, mm -hmm. which was signed with the HDC under the flag of a public-private partnership. That was signed with plenty fanfare. The picture of the signing, it's all on my blog, afroriman.net. The picture of the signing is very interesting. Mr. Al-Rawi is there. He's the AG. He was the MP for that part of San Fernando. There was a project in San Fernando, one in Seelots. Yeah. Right. Marlene McDonald was there. The housing minister was there. Yeah. Mr. Dennis Moses, who was the foreign minister at the time. I want you all to listen to the point I'm making. Mr. Dennis Moses was in a picture to sign a housing contract. Right. The Chinese ambassador was in the picture. And we are being told now <clears throat> that because we, we wrote it up, we analyzed it and we criticized it. And about two weeks later, they dropped the whole thing and they canceled the project. Yeah. And when we were challenging them, well, who approved it? Yeah. Dylan, Major, Major General Dylan could not have just gone a morning and signed a contract. Somebody must have told him this is good to go. Let's arrange to sign it next week. Yeah. yeah. And the people flying and so on and so on. So who approved it? Did the AG approve it? And I'm asking a question whether that contract was in fact a government-to-government arrangement. Yeah. Mr. Imbert has at least spent two or three occasions in the last few days denying it. <clears throat> yeah. It wasn't a government-to-government arrangement. Let me put a small point to you two gentlemen. A contract, really, the contents of a contract would really be things that you and I are capable of contracting on. Yes. If I have a piece of land and you want to build a building on it and you're a contractor, we could have a contract because you have the material and I have the land and we could, we could do a, a contract that reflects the both interests and so on, okay? Yeah. That contract that we are being told. Are you there? Hello? Did we have a break in transmission? Yeah. Yeah. Are we back? We. Oui. Okay, no problem. 
We seen each other? Yes, yeah, sorry. We, we, we had a short no arm. They had a short, a short break in the arm, the, the current, but in we're back. Current, right. yeah, yeah. So we're back no now. problem. Something yeah. in the matrix, it happens like that. When you get into the points and times, <laughs> it's kind of yeah. Discussion is, is becoming a bit sedition. It's getting a little bit serious. Okay, going back to the point. If we, if we look at that contract, I want to put two or three pieces of evidence from the contract. And I have the contract and subcopy, 290 pages. Right. For you gentlemen to consider. One, the contract actually guaranteed within it the actual timetable that the Chinese contractor would be repaid VAT. So that's not an HEC's control, is it? Wow. Given you, given you all, and, and, and you can go to my blog and see the clause numbers and everything. Yeah. yeah. Secondly, the contract also guaranteed the attendance of the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service to wit that one police car with an armed officer would be on site at all times. Wow. Which is not usually a that facility is, yeah. that's it's, given. No, but, but the point I'm making is that is ATC capable of contracting that? Exactly. I'm making a point, that's gentlemen. Point. I'm making a point. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. thirdly, which is which is in support of the second point, thirdly, the contract actually contained guarantees as to how many work permits the Chinese will get. I think it's about yeah. 650. So clearly, I don't Gives out work permits. Yeah, clearly there had to be state intervention or approval of that Absolutely. Well, so I'm making well, the point minister, the that it very closely resembles a government-to-government arrangement yeah. and, 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 and deserves a close reading. Given only a big, a big cookie to go with, it deserves a close reading because it actually would illustrate this thing about the benefits, the so-called benefits. It deserves yeah. a close reading. Well, yeah, we'll definitely, yeah. we'll definitely look into it. Well, one of the, I mean, one of the, one of the last things maybe we could discuss because we have to sure. go just now. Do you yes. see any service? Um, well, there is the argument that look, there are some services, obviously legal services have been said, um, yes. that should be exempted from this. Do you see any scope for any service right. being exempted? Yes. Well, let me, let me talk about that. I'm, I'm glad you raised it because right. it was something I meant to raise in my earlier remarks. We got, we got, we got naturally, we got caught up discussing government to government and That's public, right. private, and we never got to the list of professional services. Yeah. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. So one of the concerns raised mostly from the government side, was about the fact that if you need to get a doctor, oh, which is a kind of false red flag thing. I mean, try to imagine the Ministry of Transport needing to get a doctor for an eye operation. I mean, please, these stories are like they made up on the spot on the steps of the parliament. Huh? Yeah, the Ministry yeah. of Transport don't need a doctor to do an eye surgery on somebody who just got hit with a maxi. It's just like real stories that have been... Yeah, yeah, con- yeah. point about it is this. Because we are accustomed in the country to making decisions without data, I am from a profession that is data-driven. Yes. Surveying is a science of measurement. I'm a surveyor. I'm a chartered surveyor. We measure things all the time. We compare figures with other figures, and that's what we do. And let me tell you all something. What we need to get for those areas of professional work, legal, financial services, accounting and auditing, medical, we need to get what what in statistics we call a frequency distribution for how the money is spent. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were able to say, on looking at the frequency distribution across the state, that in fact, 90% of the briefs that the state issues are for, are for professional fees for lawyers of less than $75,000. Just just say, we're just making a discussion. Yeah. We could, we, we could propose a threshold to deal with your question about efficiency in yeah. a balance with oversight, yes? yes? We could propose a threshold that said, listen, if a ministry or a state enterprise has to spend professional fees on a case of the type that's unlikely to go above seventy-five thousand, 
Yeah. They can do it on the signature of the PS or the procurement officer and submit the details later to the OPR. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in the Section 29 report that is referred to in the proposed amendment. Correct. So, yeah. but because we are not accustomed in the country, on either side of the parliament, yeah. to making decisions based on numbers and on facts, that sort of proposal or that sort of perspective is missing from the discussion. So I hope that will, that will help you to understand. I, I believe understand. some things could, I wouldn't say excluded, yeah. but could be differently managed. Yes? Yeah, so yeah. we maintain a good pace of activity when it's necessary. Correct. And also safeguard the public purse. Yeah. That, that's, that's my answer to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think right, well, Mr. Raymond. Mr. Raymond, thank you very much for joining us. We hope to have you another time. I'll be happy probably to sometime next year and we could have another discussion on this issue. Okay, now, great. before you, before you, you go, Mr. Yeah, go Raymond, I want to ask you one quick question before you go. Sure, sure, sure. Go on. You yeah. have been advocating for that level of transparency. Is there any, because I know like Germany and France, for example, they have, they have certain um, instances where government-to-government contracts are excluded. In, yes. terms of, in terms of the level of transparency that you are advocating for, are there any yes. countries that you know of that, that have these... Um, Somebody asked me that in the media a few days ago. I think it was my good friend, that troublemaker, Fazir Mohammed. And, <laughs> and I answered him in one word, Ghana. 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 Look it up, it's beautiful. As and in fact, ironically on, enough, as a, yes. it, so, so that is what the, law was written, the law was written by Trinidad, yeah, so oh. on that note. <laughs> Thank, you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. Raymond. Yep. Thank you very much. All yeah. the best. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for joining us, and I really hope you enjoyed that segment. For those of you who are new to joining with um with our program here, Section One, I really hope that we are able to add some insight uh, as pertains to the procurement legislation. And uh, if you want to share our podcast, which we would really appreciate, with any of your friends and family, please remember we you can find us on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Republic, uh, Spotify, and <laughs> my personal favorite, Apple Podcasts. So. You know, um, check it out. Don't forget to share, subscribe. Uh, try, let's help get the word out there. We really do enjoy doing this program and getting information out there on critical elements of our sovereign democratic state. Goodbye.